This is Amazed by God, brought to you by Through God's Library. We bring you stories of faith and God's goodness shared by people like you. I pray we build and encourage your faith. If you have a story to tell, please let us know by contacting us through our website at amazedbygod.com. We would love to help you share it with the world. While you're there, check out our other ministries. And if you would like to support the work God is doing through us, you can find the details on our website or go to patreon.com forward slash Mark Now here's your host, Mark, with a story of faith. Hello and welcome, welcome to today's Amazed by God, brought to you by Through God's Library. I'm here with Sammy Foster. How are you? And uh, he has been one of the pastors of his church, a pastor of a church for a while, and I've been going to it actually for a while. Actually, when I first came to your church, it was like 200 people. Uh, It's a lot more now. Uh, We're in our third building since I started coming about seven years ago. Uh, And I always like to tell people this story uh, when we're talking about Lighthouse. Um, I I had left the church that I was at. And I was driving down the road, um, and somebody was like, well, where are you going to go to church now? And jokingly around, we drove past a church that was painted black. And I said, I want to go there uh, because they painted it black, and for some reason I have affinity for that color. And so the next week we, we went. We went to, to Lighthouse, this small church, 3rd Avenue, Glen Birdie, Maryland. Um, and I was, I was literally amazed by the person who got up and spoke. I, I was I was challenged. Somebody that I didn't know, I never read a book from, and I, I was I was kind of in awe of his speaking. And since that day I've I've called Lighthouse home, although mm. I've did ministry other places and have been other places. Um, this has always been been my home and, and Sammy Foster was that guy. Oh man. Well I'll tell you what, man, from uh, from day one that you and I had breakfast, I, I imagine it was soon thereafter. It has been uh, certainly a joy to get to know you, have you part of the LH family, and uh, at the same time see what Jesus is doing in your life and uh, the impact that he's making through you. And what I trust will only increase now with, uh, with what your hand's been put to. And, uh, and I'm, I'm excited for you, man, and I'm so uh, honored to be uh, a part of and certainly play uh, – part today amidst this podcast. I appreciate that. I, I know you're a busy man. I don't want to take up much of your time. No problem. Um, and uh, I appreciate you doing this. And, and if, you, if you guys haven't ever heard of Lighthouse, you're not from the Glen Burnie area. Uh, I know I've had people all over the world listen to this already. And um, go check out, it, it's lighthouse.church, correct? That's it. That's it. Uh, they're doing an amazing ministry here. Listen to some sermons online. I, I highly recommend this church to anybody I come in contact with. Mm. And I truly, truly recommend this this church to everybody. And, and that's under your leadership. I know your dad was 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 there, and uh, he was seemed to be an amazing man. I only mm. met him twice. Um, but I, I definitely, truly felt the Spirit of God with him and the uh, other speakers and other people they have on staff here. I, I, I highly recommend to anybody else. Thank you so much. But we're here today to hear just a story of what God's done in someone's lives. And, and I asked you to be on the podcast because I know you probably have plenty. Uh, and I'm looking forward to hearing what you have to say. So tell us, what has God done in your life? Yeah, yeah. Um, I think the answer to that question comes relatively easy. 
um, for me be the fact that uh, I think that I'm still living on the wave of um, my first encounter with God. Just give you a little background um, to my story and how I met Jesus. Um, I was raised in a Christian home. In many ways, I could argue that I had uh, really, truly uh, a model upbringing, a mom and dad that loved me. They were unified in their marriage. They loved one another deeply, a father that demonstrated what it was to sacrifice um, amidst his love. I have two younger brothers, an older brother, and an older sister. So the Foster clan was was robust, uh, to say the least. Nevertheless, um, the leaders there, being mom and dad, um, modeled what it was to, to chase Jesus, and they did it in the purest form. Nevertheless, um, as, as model-esque as it was, I still, um, due to my own sin and ignorance and pride, ego, and a myriad of other uh, ingredients to that concoction, I went completely wayward. And so uh, it wasn't um, soon after my ninth grade year I started to experiment with drugs that would eventually lead me to um, uh, a full-on heroin addiction that would result in eventually um, me moving out of my home, um, really pairing up with a roommate that I had that I would watch him overdose and die that would lead to my own fear of uh, the loss of my own life that, that resulted in me going into rehab. And so when I did go into rehab, I only went in there um, solely for um, the purposes of detox and to get clean. Uh, no desire whatsoever uh, to have an encounter with God, to even turn my life around morally or ethically. I just did not want to overdose like... Uh, like my roommate had. And so it was that I went into this rehab called Teen Challenge. Many people uh, may have heard of it before. started by David Wilkerson Jr., um, the late David Wilkerson. Uh, actually, he was not a junior, so I, I take that back. It was David Wilkerson, and uh, he would go in to write a book called The Cross and the Switchblade and where Nikki Cruz, uh, a gang member, um, got saved under uh, the preaching of David Wilkerson, and they started... Uh, really in concert, uh, a rehab called Teen Challenge. I went into that rehab, and so it was two weeks into that rehab. I had uh, put on uh, probably 10 pounds. Um, I, when I went into that program, I was 137 pounds, and I was six feet tall. So you do the math. It sort of gives you a picture of how desperate and strung out I was. Two weeks into that program, I was planning on leaving, although I had committed to, uh, to stay a year in that program. I had uh, really convinced myself that I was healthy. I had detoxed off of heroin, and I was good to go. I wanted to go right back to maybe not getting high, but I certainly didn't want to be confined to a rehab. And so on a Friday night, as I was planning my departure the following morning, I was laying in this room, and... Um, and uh, as I was thinking through where I would go the following day, as sure as I laid there. Now, when I tell people what I'm getting ready to say, I want to I make sure that I, I add the, the caveat. This was not audible. This was, um, this was internal. Nevertheless, it was so crystal clear that it could have been uh, audible. Um, and I heard God say to me, um, Sammy, you find out how awesome I am and you'll fear me. And when you fear me, you'll obey me. And when you obey me, you'll fall in love with me. 
Um, I'll repeat that just because that statement in succession rang in my head almost um, uh, unceasingly. I just, I, I remember I sat up in my bed and I heard, I heard God say again, Sammy, you find out how awesome I am and you'll fear me. And when you fear me, you'll obey me. And when you obey me, you'll fall in love with me. I, um, I want you to know that prior to that moment, though I was raised in a Christian home, I wanted nothing to do with God. I was cynical. I was critical. I was wayward, and I was proud of it. The fact that God spoke to me that Friday night that would forever change my life, the, the, the deepest profound thought that I, I could not shake was that although I was an enemy and a cynic towards God, He still took time to love me. Because though I was still in my sin, he saw not who I was, but who I was intended to be. I couldn't believe that he, the God of heaven, actually spoke to this arrogant soul. And, um, and I, I, I literally, Mark, I've never been the same since that night. That, that encounter with God would forever change my life. I would go into Bible college after I would uh, spend an additional uh, 13 months in that rehab um, I then went on to Bible college, and the, the rest is history. I'm probably close to 20 years removed from that encounter now, and I'm still um, on the wave of it. It's not like uh, it's yesterday's manna for me. It's, it's as fresh today as it was then. And then there's a myriad of encounters that have taken place since then. But that was the catalyst, and uh, that actually changed my life. That, that was the big one for you. I mean, of course, it changed your life. It brought you back. Uh. You know, hearing that you stayed there afterwards, you know, you, it did something in your life. Without a doubt. It, it moved you in, in a way. You know, I, 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 I look at, at people's salvation stories, you know, and I, I love salvation stories because I love hearing how God reacted with somebody, you know, because we all come to a place where God reacts with us yeah you know we get a we get a response from him mm. you know uh mine being in a bed crying you know um not knowing what to do when i was 14 you know um i thought that i was i was crazy to say that i heard from god yeah but the truth is if if we listen you know you were there you were listening you were probably alone um, and it's one of those things where we're completely busy now. We have our phone in our hand. You know, people people are saying that our necks are going to hurt when we're old because we're staring at phones. So Sometimes true. we need to listen to God. And, and hearing that you were able to listen to him and hear him, and, and truly it changed your life. That's amazing. And, and you know, I'm not to be, not to be you know, <laughs> sucking up to you, but what you have done, Mm. What he did in your life and what you've done with that has affected my life. Huh. You know, uh, these past, if you know me a little bit, uh, these past seven years, I've been kind of wandering. Um, and you have been a guide for me. You know, we've met before. We used to yeah. talk at breakfast and everything else. And I didn't know what to do for the past, you know, couple years. And, and mm. I told him before, right before we went on air, that the last time we met, something changed in me. I felt like it was time for me just to stop sitting on the edge. So you have a part in what I'm doing and you always will. You know, I look back at certain people in my life, whether you know it or not. I mean, we're not truly the closest people in the world, but you're one of those people that have had effect on my life and hopefully will have an effect on people, you know, all over this city, all over this state and Mm. all over this, this place for a long, long time. And Mm. I thank God truly for you. Uh, Sorry. Had to get that out there. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. We ask, we ask other questions here, so I'm going to ask you now. 
who is your favorite character or your favorite story or something like that in the Bible that you can just share that's meant something to you um, so that people can go look at it, listen to it, and maybe can pull out their own uh, understanding and God can speak to them through that. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, knowing that this question was forthcoming, um, you know, uh, I don't know if I've ever been asked that question, although it'd be such a, a good one. Um, I would have to say I, I, I definitely have an affinity for the Apostle Paul. Um, I, I love him so much because of um, some of the nuances of who Paul is as captured in the scriptures, as well as what he accomplished as well as um, uh, the story of his conversion. Um, it was really, um, I, you, you want to talk, uh, I, I love stories of rags to riches. It, it always inspires me seeing somebody, you know, down and out now. So, you know. Well, he was up <laughs> and went down. Totally. That's exactly what I was going to, he is the reverse of oh, rags okay, to riches. Sorry to steal that from you. Nah, no, that, absolutely. I'm glad you... But that is it. He went from riches to nothing, and yet, in the process, became fully alive. It was like completely counterintuitive that he was prestigious and regarded and celebrated and honored, and yet he forewent all of that. Actually, was taken from him so as to start from the bottom, but yet he had such a dynamic in who he was and the way God created him to be that hadn't it been the Apostle Paul to leave Jerusalem when they, most of the disciples stayed? It was Peter, and it was John, and it was, it was, it was the, the remainder, re- remaining you know, disciples that stayed in Jerusalem celebrating the fanfare that they were receiving and, and, and really the regard that people were giving them. You know, they became the council of Jerusalem. Paul knew we have got to break lock with Jerusalem being the nucleus. we got to take this gospel to the entirety of the Middle East. It was him that went out on the Mediterranean rim, and it was him that pioneered in Ephesus and Philippi and Colossae and the like. Whereas had Paul not left Jerusalem, you and I, God certainly wouldn't have raised up, he, he, would, have, he would have raised up another man or woman and, and to, to, to further the kingdom. But he took a man that was bold and fearless and courageous and he was a pioneer that really results in you and I sitting here this day. The thing about pioneers are, you know, I often say to our staff, the first one through the wall gets the bloodiest. You know, pioneering work is hard work because many times it's thankless work, but it's total sacrificial work. And it's not that you get a return with an immediacy. You got to wait. And at times it takes generations to really benefit from your labor. And the Apostle Paul, I think, knew that, and yet he still went with that. Yeah, you don't, you don't see a return. I, I don't know if it was you or I listen to a lot of sermons every week, yeah. you know, but somebody this past week, I believe, said to me, said, isn't it funny how, you know, years after Jesus leaves, all the, all the disciples are still in Totally. In Jerusalem, and he calls it, you know, he the the burning Nero burning Rome, and 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 then persecuting Christians and taking over that caused, you know, them to finally leave, and then he brings up this guy Paul, who then, you know, supersedes basically the majority of them in his uh, scope of ministry. That the disciples so didn't even do it. You know, I I 
I, I, I teach online as well, too. And, and in the, one of the latest videos that I talked about, I, I talked about how faith has to hurt. Uh, faith has to. So true. Pull. And if faith hurt anybody, it hurt Paul. That's the it truth. It hurt him mm. more times. I mean, he likes to recount how many times it does. Absolutely. But, Absolutely. But, yeah. But yeah, so would just, I. I mean, you're talking about a guy that would be stoned for not being quiet about his faith. He's stoned, drug out of the city, only to be left for dead, then to come to, and rather than moving on, he goes right back into the city. I mean, they don't build them like that anymore. I mean, it's incredible that, that, but but I do believe that he is a picture of what it is to lead with a, a faith that hurts, and he certainly inspires me that I would love to be half the man that Paul was um, in his pioneering efforts because he so loved Jesus. Um, That's awesome. It was pretty incredible. Yeah, so. I would say go read the story about Paul, but there's a lot. Just read Acts. Just <laughs> go through Acts. Totally. You know, if, if you ever want to just kind of get a trail of what his life's like. Yeah, yeah. So last question here. Give our listeners a song they can listen to this week. We can go look up on YouTube. Something that's touched you and why. I'll admit a lot of people have brought up hymns. Yeah, yeah. okay. <laughs> um, you know, so uh, feel free to go anywhere you want with that. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, an artist that I've always loved, and you know, f- for me, he's sort of uh, like a mystic. He uh, he's uh, Tozer esque, if you will, in his writings and um, in his thoughts. But his name is Jason Upton. Um, he is uh, he's a guy. I believe he lives in Milwaukee, but he recently wrote a uh, a song called Home, and um, it's just you're you're asking me. Uh, this question when this is relatively, um, uh, it's hot on the burner f- with me right now because I've just been, uh, I've been stewing on it lately. But JasonUpton.com, uh, and you can also find all of his music on YouTube. But he, he, he wrote this song called Home where he just talked about um, Jesus essentially creating you and I in such fashion that you know, as Augustine, I believe it was that said, you know, the soul is restless until it finds rest in him alone. Um, This song is very congruent with that line of thought that really everything that we're looking for is found in Jesus. And when we find him, it's like we find home Um, uh, in every regard, in every way. And uh, it's, it's really powerful. And I just like the way that he frames everything. So that would be my uh, I would commend that all the day long. He's an acquired taste to some. Uh, I love him f- right from the jump, and so uh, check him out. All right, there you go, guys. Go check out uh, Jason Upton. Yep. Home. I'm pretty sure you can find it on, like you said, website or YouTube. And then um, just want to say thank you again. I really, uh-huh. really appreciate this. Please check out uh, Sammy's Church Lighthouse. That's lighthouse.church. Uh, go listen to some of his sermons. Everybody that speaks here is rather good, and they go through some some amazing things. So, again, thank you. Thank you. I appreciate you being here. And uh, moving on, I uh, we will be back next Monday. Thank you. If you enjoyed this podcast, please leave us a five star rating, and don't forget to subscribe. Thank you for listening.